Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. The WTF1 Post Race Podcast. I think it's safe to say, after qualifying for the Hungarian Grand Prix, the race left us wanting a little bit more. We've had a couple of days to sit and think on it. And whilst Max Verstappen and Red Bull are out here breaking records left, right and centre, the rest of the field has some explaining to do. But as ever, Callan O'Keefe and myself, Harry Benjamin, are here to discuss some of the more interesting bits from the race. And yes, there were some interesting bits. Once you take out Max Verstappen, Callan, uh, the battle for second, yet again, getting ever more competitive, McLaren. Looks like they're here to stay. They did. They were good at Silverstone, where it's long straights, fast sort of fast uh, turns, and now Hungary, mid lots of corners, no long straights, and they were right up there again. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised. I mean, obviously the people at home can't see this, but I'm fully dressed in orange to really uh, to show the support for not only Max Verstappen but also McLaren because what a what a two weeks they've had. You know, it was. When they left Silverstone, I was like, Silverstone's a very unique circuit. There's lots of combination sections. It's all about basically predominantly medium and high speeds and lots of straights, as you said. Hungary is the complete opposite of that. And then they arrived and they were super competitive once again, not just with Lando, but also with the rookie Piastri as well. So I I think this could be the turn of form. If they can do it at both of those places, you know, obviously as well, we were talking about tyre life as well. It's clear that they can not only extract the performance, but they can keep the car alive for long periods. And yeah, once we get rid of of Supermax himself, actually, it looks like things are closing up again, which I think could lead to a, a very interesting second half of the season. It was interesting, though, right at the start, especially when Piastri managed to sort of make use of everybody going wide at turn one and, and then kind of got up into second. He's due a podium. I can't, like, it's amazing the form he he's kind of progressed with, but that's you know, it is thanks to the upgrades, but clearly he's always, you know, he's able to make use of them. But then he was ahead of Norris. And I w- I felt, I thought it was really harsh that the McLaren basically undercut him for, for Norris to get back in front. I get it. Norris is obviously the lead driver and he was in front on the grid. But that felt a little bit harsh. I mean, I think, first of all, let's say that the drivers didn't, the, the front drivers didn't go wide in turn one. Max Verstappen forced Lewis no, Hamilton yeah. wide. He just didn't turn in. And that was actually, that was, it was nice to see a bit of elbows out racing, drivers showing respect. But obviously, it, that, that was Max's way of being like, right, the one person who can probably challenge me this week, this, you know, today is, is Lewis. I'm going to just compromise him a little bit. Just give him, give him a little nerf out. And then obviously, Oscar, great start, really, you know, forward thinking, took advantage of that. I don't think Oscar necessarily had Lando's pace. And I think that showed in the second half of the race, which is why potentially the undercut worked. You know, 
McLaren still gave preferential strategy to Lando, but he has to execute it. He has to do the job on the in-lap and the out-lap to make the undercut work. And he did look like he had settled into it. The, the first half of the race drivers were massively protecting tires. So I can see why they did it and why it worked for him. But I, yeah, Piastri is doing a really good job. I don't know why we're surprised. You know, he's he's an F3 and F2 champion. He comes with a great pedigree. He also won Freca. He won Formula Regional as well. So he's he's won basically everything other than F4 that he's raced in. So yeah, we shouldn't probably be surprised that he's doing a good job, really. And, uh, you know, when we, we had all the fights over him last year, there was clearly a reason for that, wasn't there? Prediction, I think Piastri is going to get his first podium this weekend at Spa. I think that's when it's going to happen. Or now we go to a place where it's a combination of both. Spa is, from a a driving and a setup point of view, Spa is a really unique challenge because it's a compromise, right? You're either looking for top speed in sector one and sector three or car performance in the middle sector. And there's there's a trade-off. You can't have both. So it's going to be interesting to see where McLaren sit in that middle ground. And actually, if everything we've seen over the last two weeks, are they only strong in the extremes or can they find the middle ground as well? It's going to be interesting okay. to see that. So, so yeah, so it's like they're ticking off a list. So they, okay, Silverstone, they're good. Long straights, fast corners, tick. Okay, but that was one extreme. Then Hungary, not very long straights, but, and slow corner speed, tick, happy days. Now we combine the two in Spa. So do you reckon then if they go well in Spa, that's tick, 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 triple threat, they'll be on for the rest of the season? I think that would be a strong showing if they can show that they can do it at a track that has a combination of everything, low, medium, high speed, priority of, of car changing car direction, good braking stability and good exits, but also good top speed. Then, yeah, that's going to be a tick to say, really, they are the threat that's going to, well, not challenge Max because no one's going to challenge him since Adrian Newey's got his crayons out again, but we'll get to that a bit later and uh, brought himself even more performance. But yeah, I, I think they if they can tick the box this weekend, they're going to show that actually they are strong and they're here to stay for the rest of the year. Oh, it is it is cool having McLaren back up there. You have to say, at least for the time being, and that fight is so good um, with Mercedes and well, and then Ferrari and Aston Martin seem to have fallen behind a little bit now. Um, let's let's go down a little bit further though, because we everyone talks about it all weekend. Daniel Ricciardo back on the grids, replacing Nick DeVries. He outqualified Yuki Tsunoda by not very much, but it wasn't a good good start for Yuki. Um, and the race was unlucky for Ricardo because he was a part of that uh, that concertina into turn one where Zhou Guan Yu basically biffed into him and then took the two Alpines out. Became a human bowling ball. Pretty much, yeah. It was very very much like Bossas in 21, but it was wet then. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't bad because although he then fell to the back, he recovered and basically finished where he started. So I was actually quite pleased and he had a quiet race. That must have been really good for him as well just to get back into the swing of things. He, he sort of outshone Yuki Tsunoda, which... pains me to say because i was really i was kind of hoping yuki would would have the upper hand here i don't know why i just you know i feel like the pressure is really on sonoda now and and it's kind of make or break for him well insert nico rospo meme here with a fire in the background is yuki sonoda (laughs) done is he done is this the end of his career i it's it's funny isn't it it's a funny old world because we all sat here going oh you know defries needed more time and then I, Formula One is such a sport of expectations that I think because everyone thought that Ricardo wouldn't perform, when he does, it makes it look so much worse for Yuki, doesn't it? And yeah, it's one race. I mean, Daniel did a great job. He settled in, but he's he's a class act. He's a multiple race winner. He, you know, he he is one of the the really strong drivers of the generation. He didn't necessarily show it throughout his career, and he's come back revitalized. So yeah, Yuki's got a bit of a fight on his hands, but. 
let's see now really how Yuki responds. He's got the rest of the year to to fight back and show really what he's capable of. And it works both ways, right? Like how we're saying Yuki had a terrible weekend. If he goes and buries Ricardo at Spa, then all of a sudden everyone's going to be going, oh, he's found his mojo. He's found that second gear. So yeah, we need a bit more time to see where that goes. But yeah, it looks like Danny Rick has settled back into Formula One and the break was good for him, I think. Yeah, it was nice to see. I'm just seeing where Yuki finished last year at the Belgian Grand Prix. I was 13th. I thought maybe maybe Alpha Tari would have had Gasly was ninth, you know, because it actually seemed like they brought loads of upgrades Alpha Tari in Silverstone and it, it kind of looked like they didn't really do anything. But they weren't in Hungary plum last. They were they were kind of in the mix a bit more, but Maybe that's because it's such a different type of track to Silverstone, as we've already mentioned. So Spa could well bring back all their weaknesses again. Yeah, I think I'm I'm keen to see where they go in terms of development. Formula One is very complicated with having one driver that's performing and one driver that's not, because you can't really put an emphasis on car development. You, you have 50% less development effectively because one driver is focusing on fixing their driving struggles, whereas the other one can actually focus on developing the car and the team. So... I think Ricardo, if he keeps performing at the level that he's at, it's going to give AlphaTauri a really good chance to see where their car's really at, have two drivers that push each other, elevate their level, and also bring the car hopefully into a more competitive window. So it's not going to be a quick fix. I don't expect to see them rocking up at Spa and doing something special. Um, but hopefully, again, as the season progresses, the drivers settle in, Daniel settles into the team and can push Yuki a little bit. We should see them hopefully getting back to to more of where we we know they're capable of being mm. now um i was doing the uh the, the f1 juniors thing at the weekend the first ever broadcast of that and one of the girls on that called scarlet just kept saying all i want is for ferrari and charlotte Clare to do well i just i just want to be a fan of them and i kept saying to her i would choose somebody else because you're just setting yourself up for heartbreak time and time again oh. and it was the case once more. I mean, what was it? Nine points something that pit stop for Charles Leclerc and then having to fight through. Then the five second penalty for speeding oh. in the pit lane. It was just, and, and signs was just kind of had a fairly quiet race. Just honest, really, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Didn't have the pace for, of Charles, but then they come, but you know, they come home together essentially on the road and they were pretty much behind each other the entire race. But I mean, what's it going to take for, is is it over? Is it done? Will they get back to the top now? Like at least the top of this this battle for second? Because at the moment, the way I see it, this battle for second is fluctuating left, right, and center. But on paper right now, it's McLaren, Mercedes, and nip and tuck between Ferrari and Aston Martin. Let's be honest. So they've they've really dropped the ball. Yeah, it's it's what's the word for struggle in Italian? <laughs> what's the word for multi struggle? struggle. Yeah, it's, just it's, move your hands. It's yeah, just lots of hand gestures. I just I don't know how it can keep going so wrong. It it almost feels like they just do a break and then it never comes, does it? So I think that was some wise advice. You know, everyone is a Ferrari fan. I think it was it was Sebastian Vettel who once said that a few years ago. But everyone's a Ferrari fan because of hope. They wanted to go back to the good old glory days, and it. Or oh, it does feel far away. I, I think you've, you've raised an interesting point there, though, as well, about Aston Martin. You know, at the start of the year, they were the team that looked like they could take the fight to Red Bull. They've, they've also dropped, dropped the ball a little bit there, and, and the running order does clearly seem to be at the moment, as you said, 
or let's call it Formula 1.5, the fight is outside of Max Verstappen is, is very much between McLaren and Mercedes. And who would have said that at the start of this year, especially with McLaren? Yeah, I, I, I was um, reading what Fernando Alonso was saying over the weekend. And he thinks, because the, the gap from the top to, to, to where Aston Martin are, I think he said it was around four tenths of a second or something like that. And he said it wasn't, that's kind of where it's been the whole season. So it's not like they've dramatically fallen off the pace. It's just everybody, McLaren basically, and Mercedes have just brought upgrades and got closer to the top. I know Aston Martin have brought some upgrades, but clearly they haven't given them as big a gain as it has done McLaren, who have jumped up quite a few spots because they were really a bit detached from this battle for second. Now, They've left Alpine for dust, and remember, remember, remember Alpine. You know they <laughs> they were Monaco podium for Ocon, and then since then, who Alpine? Who uh, they're just like in the middle of the constructors' table on their own. They're not even they're not with the stragglers at the back, and they're not with the, the front runners either. They're just literally stone cold in the middle. McLaren were kind of their closest rivals, and now they've jumped up. So, um, it could all turn around in in spark which is the brilliant thing that this formula 1.5 championship <laughs> is bringing us at the moment but it is interesting just to see the battle the off-track battle in like development and upgrades as it always has been in formula one is quite interesting but it seems like in this era of formula one it's even more um interesting and captivating and how close is it as well i mean that qualifying session that is actually a really good point, isn't it? The, the gaps stay the same. Everyone's just closing the gap a little bit in terms of one lap pace. I mean, Red Bull and, and Max are out front. They're, and and whatever it is, two tenths of a lap over the course of 70 laps, there you go. There's your, your huge gap that you get at the end because he, he can extend it even more. Um, but it, it is really interesting how close the field is in terms of one lap pace behind him and well, even to him, I mean, you know, Hamilton was on pole. It was such a great qualifying to watch. It was probably the most exciting qualifying of the year. And that new format, maybe we'll, we'll get to that in a second, maybe playing playing some dividends for that. But yeah, it's it's a sport of tiny margins. We say it time and time again, don't we? And it's it's the little details. It's it's the tiny upgrade that finds you half a tenth that sets you clear all of a sudden and gives the driver a bit more confidence, which finds them another half a tenth. And all of a sudden you found a tenth, which they've spent, you know, millions to find but that's why they do it because it makes such a big difference yeah what did what did you think of that new format this weekend for qualifying you know what i kind of liked it just because it was it was a bit more simple it was easy easy it's strange formula one making an alteration that that makes it easier to understand and simple you know all right okay in the first part of qualifying everybody gets the hard compound tire okay q2 you all get the medium compound tire q3 all get the soft compound tire i kind of like that and I thought, I don't know whether that, though, is what made it a better qualifying session and made it more competitive because it was the standouts from the likes of Alfa Romeo, you know, in the, in qualifying, throwing an throwing a, a, a absolute spanner in the work. Suddenly they're up there and we haven't seen them. You know, Joe ended up fifth, didn't he? So, but I don't know if that was because their pace on the hard tyre was just unbelievable because they were able to replicate that on the medium and the soft and get into the top 10. I liked it from that perspective in terms of it was just simpler, easier to follow. In terms of the um, idea that it is more sustainable, but I don't think it, it's it's the massive leap into into what is going to make the sport green and aim for carbon net zero and all that, because you, you still have a bunch of teams maybe who aren't going to get into Q3, who just have a bunch of softs that you know, either they haven't used as much or they don't use. And at the end of the day, we still cart wet and intermediate tyres around. 
and they, they just go unused don't they so so i don't quite it's not quite there for me on that respect but i did like it and i i wouldn't be opposed to, to having that come in every race like i don't think it was in order to see if it actually had a proper shakeup of com- the competitive order we need to see it more times what about you yeah, I, I agree. I, I think from a driving perspective, the thing that made it so appealing in Hungary was the fact that Hungary is a very difficult circuit. It's very, very hard to get a ride from a driving perspective. And actually having less chances on the soft tire in qualifying probably kept the gap the same because we saw both Max and Lewis on their final qualifying laps. They butchered the last sector. I mean, Lewis was two tenths up on pole and dropped like the best part of a tenth and a half, which in, in three corners is, is huge terms for Formula One. And I think that comes from the fact that if the teams have the option to run tires and effectively fine-tune their driving, fine-tune the little bits that they can in terms of process, procedure, warm-up, everything, it means that by the time we get to Q3 in the final shootout, it's so dialed in that they, they, they squeeze every little bit out of it. Whereas if you have, you have to run on the hard, then you have to run on the medium, then you have to run on the soft. It's so different every time the driver drives because the delta between the tires is so big that actually it promotes more human error because the, the drivers have less time to get it right. So naturally they take more risk and actually it's more difficult. And I think that's probably why we saw it being a bit closer in terms of that aspect. Now, whether we go to a track where it's a bit less abrasive and it's a bit easier to get it right and we don't see that and actually teams just get better at understanding the format. But that was one thing that I found really, really interesting. It's very rare from a, a driver's perspective to watch a qualifying lap and see a pole position lap with two or three big mistakes. And that's that's something that I actually quite liked about it was having less time for the drivers to put it together. Again, from a you know from a, a sustainability point of view, as you said, I think it's it's great that Formula One's doing something, but it's probably not necessarily the answer. But from a performance point of view, I'd like to see it more often. Give it a proper shot. I'm definitely not opposed to it. And if we can get some shock results out of it, I mean, yeah, you know, Zhao, what a what a qualifying performance! It lasted all the way to to turn one. But if we it can didn't see even make more, it to turn one. <laughs> Well, yeah, he <laughs> missed the start. What actually happened to him at the start? Because I, I had, I obviously had showed all the onboards and the replay and everything, but it looked like he was scrolling through menus. It looked like he had a problem because when the lights went out, he was actually on a different, he was on a different screen, a different selection screen that obviously you wouldn't be on for the start, I don't think. And then he, he it was like he was sleeping. He had had a a big night out in Budapest yeah. the night before and just missed the start. It, it, Forgot the process. It basically was, um, he said it was a glitch, essentially, um, and needs to take a look at it properly. He said he was holding the revs before the four lights and then just lost all response from the throttle. So uh, basically started with zero th- zero throttle. So he thinks... Computers nowadays, they just they just cause problems, don't they? So, which is a real shame because obviously Bottas, Bottas is... <laughs> but then, so I felt, I did feel bad for Joe because, you know, it could have been, could have been a, a good race for him. But uh, I was actually on the same flight as him on the way home, just so you know. Really? Yeah, British Airways. Well, someone... Someone's got to carry the torch for Nick DeFries. Now he's gone and cause a bit of carnage on lap one. And- yeah, yeah. We needed that bit of carnage, to be honest, because that's probably one of the highlights of the race, wasn't it? Um, but I agree. Uh, not for Alpine. Not for Alpine. We'll come on to that in a minute. <laughs> but coming back to uh, just let's finish the tyre thing off. I completely agree with you. We are going to see that again, I believe, in Monza. Um, so it's not the end. We were supposed to see the first first of it in Imola, but of course that got, that got cancelled. So yeah. uh, we'll see it again in Italy. So let's see let's keep an eye on that because I, I actually quite like it. And I think the general consensus is at least amongst people watching is not too shabby. The drivers still think mixed opinions because of how it affects practice, because you don't want to burn up too many 
tire sets obviously in the practice but then again i'm all for scrapping two practice sessions and just having one but hey ho that's another conversation yeah. i i i think let the less time they're, they're the best drivers in the world the less time we give them and we see the variability in, in categories like f2 and f3 where the level's still very high they're obviously much younger and much less experienced but the less time we give them the more difficult it makes it and the more variability we have and it's a sport where we're looking for a bit of variability we're looking for a new challenge so why not give them less time some more variables and hopefully we get some more chaos yeah i agree prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed subscription required individual results may vary additional restrictions apply read all warnings before using glp1s side effects may include a risk of thyroid c-cell tumors do not use glp1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer if you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope did you know you can now access glp1 prescription medications at trylifemd.com we're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Go on then, we were there anyway. Why don't we go to Joe? Um, brilliant qualifying. Alfa Romeo took everyone by surprise. But just just thinking, is there really much more to say? It was after turn one, it was pretty much over as we've already said. But of course, Joe and his old team, because he was the reserve driver and part, part of the Alpine Renault Academy, wasn't he? Took them both out. So much so that crack, the Ocon went up in the air over his teammate Gasly, back on the ground again. It broke his seat in two. Yeah. That's got a, that's... It, it didn't even look like it was that. I know he went up in the air, but it wasn't, you know, that dramatic. But clearly it, it packed a punch. I mean, you know, like a little bit of energy transfer can make a big difference, clearly. And and Joe was was the prime example. He is basically a physics teacher, isn't he? Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it's just such a shame he couldn't capitalize on it because that, that really is at a track where it's very difficult to overtake. If he had settled into a good rhythm, I think he had fairly good pace, probably not good enough to stay in the mix for the top five, but certainly, you know, a decent bag of points towards the back end of the top 10. And yeah, just when you, when you mess up the start, that's bad. When you then mess up turn one and end up taking out other cars, that's bad. When you end up rolling around at the back, that's bad. It's just, it, if he went to bed on Saturday night and someone said that's how his Sunday was going to go, I don't think he would have believed them. And yeah, we'll we'll see what he can do. But I think that was really his chance, certainly in, in the next few races, to give a bit of a standout performance. I can't see the Alfa Romeo performing like that again, but I'm ready to eat my words. I've done that a lot on this podcast, so we'll see. Yeah, uh, and it was obviously double double DNF for Alpine in the end, which was a disaster for them after the back of Silverstone, oh. which is just awful. But do you want do you want a, a fun story? I don't know. I think I'm allowed to say this. Um, 
We're all on friends the, here. On the this flight, isn't going anywhere. It's fine. <laughs> on the flight home, Otmar Zafnauer, the team principals. So we're all on the same flight. And um, we're in the airport in Budapest. And he's, I just find it so bizarre that he's just there queuing up for a KFC classic, as you do. Um, you know, wearing it's been, it's been one of those weekends. Well, he deserved it. We all did. And because he he was gearing up for KFC, so was so was everybody else. Other fast food chains are available, obviously. Uh, but this was the one in the Budapest airport. And then we get on the flight, and he's up he's up front, classic, and the rest of us are in the back. But the flight's slightly delayed in being pushed back onto the runway for some reason. So we're all just sitting there and I'm I'm chatting to some of some of the you know the, the journos and the, the other presenters. I won't name any names who are sort of around me. And Otmar just comes sort of sidling down, wearing, you know, wearing his nice sort of suit jacket, shirt, sort of smart casual look, starts strolling down and just uh, goes up to a couple of people he clearly has quite a good relationship with and just goes, What do you want? And uh they just go, you know, it's 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 uh, it's it's a beverage that they are after. And yes. it's, it might be a beverage that has alcohol. And of course, everyone's over 18 here. And I thought he was offering up and then he was going to go and get it from the front of the plane weather. And they say what they want. And then he just comes out with can after can from his pockets and just, <laughs> and just starts offering it out. And he's like, do you want ice? And then he disappears. He disappears for like a minute to the back of the plane and then comes back with ice in his hands and just drops it into their cups. And it's like, I'm sorry, what is going on here? It's like, it feels like this is a really dodgy deal, but it's literally just he's offering drinks out and being like quite nice. So that's why- Somewhere in a parallel universe, he's a waiter and a very good waiter (laughs) at that. So clearly, although he clearly had a bad day at Alpine, he was still in fairly good spirits uh, despite uh, their disaster of a race, but they'll bounce back, I'm sure. Um, Alpine's, anonymity continues for the time being. These days, every potential new hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so, so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. And once you've done it, all you have to do is add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Adding the right team member can have a positive and measurable impact on your business. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps find you the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash WTF1. That's linkedin.com slash WTF1 to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Perez, Red Bull. Got to talk about the other Red Bull. It was a better qualifying, but I can't believe we're saying a better qualifying because Sergio Perez was ninth. I actually don't mind it because at least he provided some overtaking and entertainment up through the field. But I don't. I almost don't want to ask the question because it's all ever, anyone ever talks about. But he's got to do better than that, hasn't he? I mean, he got onto the podium, which I'm sure they'll be happy with, but he should have been second, not third. I I did some digging on statistics and the 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 33 seconds or whatever it was that Max won by is the third biggest winning margin in the wow. last 10 years. What were the first two? I can't remember, but <laughs> I'm terrible with numbers. I'll, I'll find it out and I'll post it somewhere for the people that are really interested. But it's we're, we're talking the last 10 years. We're talking the dominant Mercedes era. You know, Sebastian Vettel, 
it's it's huge. He won a race by half a minute in supposedly one of the, you know, in a close era of Formula One where we're talking about the qualifying time between P1 and P2 being thousands. So for me, Sergio Perez is just not doing, you can't celebrate a back end of the top 10 qualifying in a P3 in a car that's completely dominant. I mean, how how they keep extracting more performance out of that car is, is beyond me. Adrian Newey and the team at, at Red Bull are a complete bunch of geniuses. He's, you know... He can see wind or something. I don't. I, he can see air. I don't know how he does it. He designs something and it just he works. Still, he still ne- does it all with his hands as well, like hand, like pencil drawn. He's proper old school like that. He's an alien. He's the, you know, how many times do we get Formula One teams bringing upgrades and they go, "Oh, well, it didn't quite work." When do you ever hear that from Red Bull? What a you know, what a team of people they have around them, and and Max even knows it when he comes on the radio and they're, they're checking up on him during the race to make sure that he's okay. And yeah. he, oh, the car was just a joy to drive. It was so easy. There's what a day, you know, we're, we're back to the, the dominant Red Bull era that we had with Vettel. And it's, as you say, it's not the first time they've produced this. And yeah, I, I just, he's just got to do better. He's got to be challenging Max. He should be at least in the gap between the third place car, whoever it is, a McLaren, a Mercedes, sometimes a Ferrari when they don't mess it up. He's got to be, he's got to be in that gap and he's got to start challenging. But to be, even further away than P2 just isn't good enough in my book. And, you know, if we're going to give De Vries a hard time. Perez has got experience. He's settled into the team. He's been there long enough. He comes with a good pedigree. So he should be challenging. Otherwise, he doesn't deserve that seat and someone else should take it. Yeah, I think if Ricardo continues to perform like he does and only gets better and Perez continues to perform like he does... I'm I'm putting Ricardo in that seat for next year because if Sergio Perez does not qualify in the top five and does not finish the race second or third for the rest of the season, barring any trouble, then 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 I think he'll be out. Yeah, I I can't see them can as you know this works while Red Bull are so far out in front. And if if Max was a constructor by himself, he didn't have a second driver. If he if he was just the only driver with Red Bull, I'm pretty sure they'd still be leading the constructors, wouldn't they? Yeah, of yeah. the amount of he, points that he has, so Max Verstappen would be winning. Max Verstappen is is he he is he is both champions right now, and that's fine. While it's not that close, and you're delivering, but at some point the other teams will catch up. That's just the ebb and flow of, of Formula One, and at that point Perez needs to be there. Otherwise, they will start losing championships because two consistent drivers who are finishing second and third every weekend is better than one driver who's just winning and one driver who's in tenth and sometimes crashing. So. If they're serious about developing that and continually, you know, continuing their dominance and, and making it a dominant era, then they're going to have to find, he's going to have to up his game or they're going to have to find someone else. Yeah. But well. I, I, I like Danny Rick. I think he'd do a good job in that seat, but I'd like to see someone else. I'd like to see someone else come in and try and challenge the Verstappen Red Bull era. Let's call it that. I agree, but that could who, be that who, could be who a, can do it. I don't know, but could be a career. It's a career make or break, though, isn't it? You get asked to go. Yeah, we'd love you in Red Bull. You're going to be alongside Verstappen. You've got to have so much self confidence and so much self belief that you are going to be able to beat Max Verstappen. Because let's face it, maybe two drivers on the grid could, or at least be equal. And I'm thinking Hamilton or Alonso, but even then. They would never go alongside Verstappen no, because they, it's too risky. 
Yeah, you don't want to bow out of the sport in that in that situation being beaten by Max, do you? Yeah, no, it's, it's well, that, complicated. That, that was the whole reason Ricardo left Red Bull in the first place because Verstappen was getting better and better. He was like, nope, I'm out of here and I'll try and make my name somewhere else. He's realized, okay, I'm not as good. Right, I'll, I'll, I'm in the twilight of my career. I'll try and come back and finish alongside him. You know, happy days. And that's the exact reason why I wouldn't want to see him in that seat because he's already been there. Max already knows that he effectively hasn't but you need someone who's going to come in and, and ruffle max's feathers a little bit and take yeah. the fight to him whereas he would be the secure number two and a i think i'd like to see more for danny than that i'd like to see him going somewhere and building a team around him and seeing what he's capable of but also i'd like to see someone come in and challenge max so again we keep saying it let's see how that develops but yeah hopefully, hopefully come on yuki come on come on yuki or nick de Vries. bring him back <laughs> yeah we took him out of our tarry, but we're going to put him in the Red Bull to replace Perez. He just didn't suit the driving style. He didn't suit the style. You bring him back in, two Dutch people, loads of orange, Zan Ford go crazy. Bring him in for the race. Just just drop him in for one. Perez out to freezing. He's got one race to make or break. See what happens. Let's see what he can do. Nicky D, pressure's on. Um, Well, that was uh, Red Bull and Perez. But you know what was also... um, There was action, there was more action off the track, uh, arguably, particularly on the podium. Did you see Lando breaking Max's winning trophy? Because I missed it the first time around and then I rewatched it back. And it almost looks like he's aiming for it. I don't, so Lando's always done this thing since F3 where he slams the bottle and it sends it out. And it's really cool. It's a really cool celebration. I don't think he took it out on purpose. But the thing that I love is when he sees the trophy break, he doesn't even react to it. And it's like, oh, well, he has he has enough of those. And he, you know, the, I, I then did, again, some digging and some research. And do you know how much that co- that trophy costs to make? Go on. 40,000 euros. It's handmade and it takes six months and 40,000. It's made by like a master craftsman in Budapest. And can you just imagine the poor guy's face as he just watched his six months of work get destroyed and... Yeah, I, I have, I have, you know, I just found it really funny how Lando didn't even respond. He was like, "Well, I'm, I've got a podium. I'm going to keep celebrating. Max will deal with this." And then they, you know, they obviously spoke about it afterwards. And he, and he did keep. No point did he apologize and say sorry. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.
he was like, ah, well, you know. I think he um, it is what it is. Instagrammed uh, something, which was basically like the art, what the art of um, gluing together like broken, broken pieces of china, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it said that as his suggestion. And I was like, oh god, like that's so expensive, and somebody's somebody's going to be crying themselves to sleep tonight because you've just broken the winning trophy that Max Verstappen won. But oh well. I reckon they could probably afford it it's fine uh i i like the photos all the mechanics and stuff a couple of the mechanics that i used to work with are now on max's car and i was on instagram on the sunday night and they they're all posting because obviously when they win a race they all get to pose with a trophy and they all add it to their social medias and it was the fact that they're all posing with a broken trophy <laughs> and i just found it so funny i was like yeah you guys you guys have dominated a race amazing but you know it's a it's a historic trophy in formula one it's expertly crafted and then you just sat there with your your broken your broken team enjoying life Uh, exactly (laughs) (laughs) one of the things there was less overtaking around the hungaroring than there was last year and it's one of the lowest overtakes amount of overtakes we've seen so far this year now we all you know, everyone describes the Hungaroring as Monaco without the walls. Overtaking is difficult. You're not going on full throttle for a very long time. You're not on the, there's no long, there's just the main straight and that's really it. And that's not very long at all. So to try and get a move, especially with these type, you know, these cars that we have now, it is even more difficult. So it got me thinking, and I saw this pop up on social media as well. Could we slightly alter? And I love how everyone's like, no overtake, let's alter the track quick, but I'm going with it. Could we slightly alter the Hungaroring to make it a little bit more adept to overtaking. Now, hear me out. So I'm thinking, mainly in the final sector, you've got the short run from turn 11 to 12. So you just come out of the the really sort of tight and twiddly middle sector. And then you've got a short burst from turn 11 to turn 12, which is the 90 degree right-hander that takes you through the sort of the loop, the penultimate 13, and then you come through that, the pit lane entries to your right, and then you've got the final right-hander of turn 14. So that's how it is at the moment. But I'm thinking, you come onto the short straight at turn 11, going towards the right-hander of 12, but you keep going straight, and you cut out the penultimate corner, and then you swing round to a slight right-hander onto the main straight. So you've got almost, you've got, basically two really long straights slightly separated with a little kink in the middle double dose of drs sets you up nicely down into turn one problem solved and and then you might have to alter where the pit lane entry is slightly but other than that no issues well you could just create like a a a bleed off to the right hand side and it would still be quite i quite like that idea and i think that's a very cost effective idea as well because in all these situations I, you see, my mind wanders where I'm like, well, it's the shortest lap. Well, it's one of the shorter laps on the track. It's very, let's just extend it. Let's, you know, when you, you have the roll through the, the sort of uh, the left, right, left, right section of eight to 11, let's just extend 11, get rid of 11 and go over the top where the, uh, the banking is, where the, the fans sit. And could we have like a really long straight that leads there into a tight hairpin, which then brings you back again into the last sector? Oh, because actually the, the, yeah. So hear me out here. Very short lap. We have the scope to do it. What about just, and again, I'm not very well versed on Hungarian planning permission. So forgive me for a second. This is completely ludicrous. 
but you roll through it. And the problem with Formula One cars is they really struggle to follow in medium and high speed sections. And then if you have an overtaking opportunity that comes from it all the time that you lose in the high speed corner, like turn 11, is is negated by the time you get to the end of the long straight, which is an overtaking opportunity into 12 if someone messes up. So we need effectively long straights that are led into, well, the, that are uh, before or after, sorry, big traction zones, slow speed corners where the cars can follow easily. So if we get rid of turn 11 and we make it a long straight, we can still keep the driver challenge of eight, nine, 10, which is really nice. It's a great flow to it, especially after the chicane. But then long straight into a hairpin, bring it back again, and effectively, it means we cut out the straight from 11 to 12 and then just rejoin at turn 13, the second last corner of the left-hander. Because if there was a long straight again, that's a big braking zone, plenty of runoff. And then that gives drivers the option as well that if they were to hang it, driver defends on the inside of 13, they could go outside and have the inside line for the last corner plus overtaking into the turn one. So it'd be like three or four overtaking chances in a row. So hang on. So right, you come out, you come through eight, nine, and 10. So you're going left, then right, then slightly left again. Then, then where are we? Then where are we going? So where the second sector ends, that fast turn eleven, the last right hander before you yeah. go into the last sector, we're going yeah. straight. We're going straight. We're going over the top of that crest. Whether we're either going to level it out or we're going to find a way to build on top of it, this is completely ludicrous. Oh, okay, okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Long straight, half, two, three hundred meters straight into a tight hairpin which okay. then can be a little bit more open, which then leads back to the rundown and rejoins at the exit of turn 12. So we get rid of that straight uh, in the middle. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Sorry, I've just, if, if you're struggling to follow along at home, I thoroughly recommend going on Wikipedia, hungaring and follow follow the track that way because it makes so much more sense. I'm completely I, with you. I, I like assume that. everyone knows these corner names and numbers yeah. and everything, but I, I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. I actually really like it. The only issue is obviously the grandstands that are there, but I think nah, they've done more. They've done work. Well, haven't, haven't, haven't they extended until 2032? I think haven't they? They've got the Grand Prix. I read on Monday that, and if if it's going to be on the calendar for another 10 years, it makes sense that we can actually. Well, I, again, you need money and you need planning permission and. I, this is not my job. This is why I don't run race events, among many other I think, reasons. I think you just made a case for it to be your job because I think that's quite a good idea. I think it's better than my one, actually. My one is there's less work to do. Your one is probably more adventurous, but I like it that way. If, if we can create three or four overtaking opportunities in a row, we'll get more overtaking. And that's the key mm. thing. If you have one opportunity separated by five corners where it's difficult to, stru- to pass and, and to follow then into another one, you spend all the time clawing it back. So if we just give drivers lots of opportunity, lots of different variations of how they can pass and follow, that's how we're going to make the race more exciting. And it's worth every penny of the tens of millions it would cost to do it. Absolutely. Um, And Callan's going to fund it as well. So even better. Uh, (laughs) Let us know. If you if you like that idea or what your own if you could redo the Hungarian Grand Prix layout, what you would do, we'd love to hear that. Um, right, we are quickly running out of time. God, chatting away. Um, we just got enough time to do our WTF one podium. So play along at home. Uh, we need a star performer, a worst performer, and a biggest surprise performer. Callan, who is your or what is your star performer of the weekend? Adrian Newey's pencil and paper. Yeah. Upgrades galore. And it pedaled the chariot, pedaled by Max Verstappen to a ginormous winning victory. Yeah, he's he's the the whole Red Bull package of Team Max and the people back at the factory. They deserve recognition for what they're doing. And 
we we so used to it now that we just quickly overlook it. But yeah, what a what a win margin in Hungary and what a statement for the second half of the season. So what about yourself? I mean, can I sort of say Joe Guanyu up until the race or just Joe Guanyu in qualifying? <laughs> you can give him a special mention for his, his three really good laps in qualifying, but the other 70 weren't fantastic in the race, were they? <laughs> He didn't even get seven. Did he get seventy? No, he didn't even get seventy. No. Uh, he did. Uh, he did sixty-nine technically. Oh. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't want to say the same thing, but oh, I mean, oh, yeah. I, it, I, it was close for me. I would have said my other star performer, actually, to be fair to him, was Oscar, Oscar Piastri. I'm thinking Oscar, the Piastri yeah. man himself. I think, I think Piastri did. Piastri did a great job. Really, he deserves a bit of recognition. You know what? You know what? I'm actually going to go for George Russell and his climb through the fields. That's what I'm going to go for. Yeah, that actually overlooked. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah we overlooked that. Very, um, very good. Okay, worst performer. Um, I'll, shall I go first? Yes. I am going to say my worst performer of the weekend is, drumroll please, <laughs> Logan Sargent for, uh. Cr- uh, for crumbling under the pressure in the battle for... 14th place on the final lap that's he's that's that's i enjoyed i mean my my worst performer was nick defries it was like he wasn't even there this weekend (laughs) (laughs) for for old time's sake we just need to do it one more time Um, yes i i just think for me it was i i have to choose it because it, it just rings true it was it was ferrari and the clerk poor pit stop and then to compound it the the speeding in the pit lane thing that is i i consider that as easy it is to say sat here i consider that a bit of a rookie error um and yeah just another weekend where it should be getting better but it's just not and therefore i and honorable mention and it the only thing that saved him was the qualifying was was joe's uh, turn one incident could have been alpen but it wasn't really their fault so i'm gonna go for ferrari instead did you just say alpen Instead Alpine. of Alpine. Alpine. Could have been Who? It's been a long week. There's too much talking going on. Jeez. Okay, right. Let's get through this then. Biggest surprise performer of the Grand Prix then. Back to you for this one. It's tough, isn't it? In a race where not very much kind of... They, I don't think there was very many big shocks. I would say... I thought Alban was going to be a bit better. I thought, okay, very different track, but I, I thought that there was a bit of a run of form there. Maybe he's going to pick it back up again when we go back to the, the more high-speed circuits. Um, surprise performer, probably Perez. I thought he was actually going to do a bit better here. I thought, and if if we take the Grand Prix to the side, I'd say my my biggest surprise of the weekend was Hamilton on pole. I didn't expect that at all. Yeah, no, that was, that that was, was, really good, wasn't it? That was a solid, solid effort from him. And yeah, what a lap that was. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to say my biggest surprise was um, the fact that Ricardo had the upper hand over Sonoda quite quickly. That That's probably my biggest surprise. I know I, I know we can't say he had the upper hand for like quite dominantly, but he was ahead in qualifying. He was ahead in the race. Even with, with the incident, he still managed, you know, I know they were running different strategies, but but to start where you finish, that that was my sort of biggest surprise. I didn't think he'd be there straight away. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I, I I think there's out of what was 
Not necessarily the most exciting Grand Prix. There is a lot to talk about and a lot to keep an eye on in Spa this weekend. So I, for one, am very, very excited. Yeah, we somehow squeezed 42 minutes out of that. So bravo to us. Um, But that does mean we are out of time. We are over time. Uh, But we will be back next week as Callan uh, foreshadows because it's the Belgian Grand Prix this weekend in Spa. So we'll be back to look at that. And then it's the summer break. So um, we'll, we'll come up with some things to talk about, I'm sure. But make sure you are following and stay subscribed to the WTF on social and YouTube channels. Let us know what you like about the podcast. We'd love to know so we can implement some things going forward. Uh, but in the meantime, from myself, Harry Benjamin, and from Callan O'Keefe, we'll see you after Belgium. I don't know what goodbye is in Hungarian. I was about to say this. I was going to see if you want to try and get away with it. I don't know what it is. What? Tell me, tell me what it is in Hungarian because I have absolutely no idea and there is a 100% chance that you need to... Do you we, know, we need do to you get know what it is? Absolutely no way. I okay. know no Hungarian at all, but okay, this is... So, we said we were going to do it, so we have to do it. Okay. Oh, I've got it up here. Okay. So goodbye in Hungarian. So from myself, Harry Benjamin and Callan O'Keefe, we'll see you after Belgium. But for now, it's... Vison Salatsara. Nailed it. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, I'm so sorry to anyone who's Hungarian. I'm so sorry.